Warning, this podcast contains bad words and stories about drugs and sex and overthrowing the government. Proceed with caution. Thank you. And now on to our show. Wake up, brother, we got nothing to do. Let's go outside, just me and you, and build a fort. We'll pack a lunch, won't be home till after dark. Then after dinner, we can sneak back out. You know that high school girl I've been telling you about? Well, she gets undressed about a quarter to nine, and we can watch her do it from the big old pie next door. She got a room on the second floor. Well, looks like another fucked up day in paradise. Hey, hey, whoa, hey, are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? I think we're ready. I think we might be ready. A lot of noise in this. A lot of noise going on here. A lot of noise. Let's turn this down a little bit. Number two coming down. There we go. A little less hot, not quite as hot as it was. And let's remove these. Say goodbye to those. Uh, let's also bring this down. Okay, everything's good. It's the Daughter of Godcast 152, episode 152, story. Before I wear my latest story out with sharings, while the story is still fresh, I want to tell you, tell myself, document the details. This is yet another mind-bending story. Mind-bending story, Daughter of God, making of me story. Please buckle your seatbelts. A disclaimer for entertainment's sake. I doubt any Daughter of God listener is entangled in a narrow perspective like evangelical Christianity or hard science. Folks who are on these rides will find my new story scary or offensive. They would utterly fail to resonate. But you, you've been around the block... Because of the mind-bending nature of what I'm about to relate, let's pretend everything I'm about to say is made up, a fairy tale. I'll speak as if the events happened, as if they were a true story, but we all know deep down that this is just a bunch of malarkey, a tall tale. That way, I can feel easier sharing and you'll be more likely to go along for the ride because almost everyone knows that magic isn't real, right? <laughs> in episode 151, In the Lush, I was returning from Philly, a little dejected, but resigned, gently reactivating my enthusiasm. I had gone to see my friend and Tai Chi teacher, Master Ru, to help me fix my bones. He's renowned for his energetic healing, bringing people through all sorts of challenges, joint issues, depression, and even cancer. Not only does Master Ru give hands-on treatments, but he can help people 
who are far away. Though he mostly practices in New York City and Philadelphia, he's got stacks of glowing testimonials from all over the world. As you may remember, after my crash, the first surgeon I consulted opined that I did not need surgery, that I had an 80% chance of healing, an 80% chance of healing up on my own, though it might take a little more time. This guy's manner felt a little cavalier, and his office was not user-friendly. Plus, they wanted to charge me 800 bucks for one visit. Although he gave me good news, I didn't feel all that great about him or his staff. I wanted a doctor who was both virtuosic and present. I found Dr. Hollander. He was concerned about my clavicle and ordered new x-rays. The pics revealed that after three weeks, the two chunks of my clavicle were still neither lined up. Oh, hang on. There we go. There we go. We're neither lined up nor touching. Uh, he didn't think they were going to come together anytime soon or even ever and advised connecting them with a plate, which would require me to be knocked out, cut open, muscles moved, and hardware screwed into my bones. Holy fuck. Invasive to the max. Surgery. I was understandably reluctant to expose my gorgeous and excellent body to the vagaries of anesthesia, scalpels, and the Western medical machine. The Mammoth Regional Chain Hospital, Munson, wanted $15,000 for the clavicle procedure, and that was after their direct pay discount. This was 10 times Hollander's fee of $1,500. Years ago, I had opted out of scammy Obamacare, so this would end up costing around $18,000 out of pocket. So not wanting the surgery option. Then I remembered Master Rue. Doh! After my crash, I had, I had texted Rue and two others from my Tai Chi family, Tommy and Anastasia, specifically using the words broken and bones. <laughs> After telling Hollander I would think about the surgery, I phoned Rue and asked if he could help and did he want me to text him the x-rays. Master Rue replied, Yes, I will check your bones. And no, my hands can tell. The next week, I packed up my van and hit the highway. Master Rue's English has improved since I first met him back in 2002, but a lot still gets lost in translation. When I hit his crib on Spring Garden Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, he seemed surprised that my clavicle was actually broken. I showed him the x-rays. Master Roo, oh, you do not tell me broken. Too long. Come right after break. I can fix. Four weeks, not easy. Too much time pass. Why not send x-ray? While he's shouting this at me, He's lifting and turning my arm, almost hurting me, but not quite. Like he said on the phone, he can see inside with his hands. Meanwhile, his wife is shouting at him in Chinese, which I can't understand, but I'm pretty sure the gist is, what are you thinking, my husband? Just leave him be. You can't help him now. Stop playing around, etc. After about 10 minutes of this, the verdict is final. Nothing can be done. Master Ru. 
You have to get surgery. They feed me some sweet potatoes. We take a few pictures together and Masteru reluctantly accepts the, avoc the avocado plants that I had brought him. So many plants already. I jump in the Odyssey for the long haul back. As soon as I was out of the city, I started researching the procedure in earnest. Wendy from Dr. Hollander's office gave me some encouraging intelligence about Dr. Hollander. Dr. Hollander's preferred surgical venue, Copper Ridge, priced the clavicle procedure at less than half what Munson Hospital had originally quoted. I even priced out the anesthesia, assembling my surgical adventure from scratch, comparison shopping to be a cyborg. After an hour of driving, I had cut the costs from 18,000 down to 8,000. My pre-op was scheduled for 7.23, followed by a consultation with Dr. Hollander, and the procedure itself was scheduled for 7.29, 10 days away. I still had plenty of questions about the procedure, the anesthesia, aftercare, on and on, and I emailed Wendy the day after I got back. Dr. Hollander would address my questions on 7.23. I assured myself that if I wasn't totally satisfied with his answers, I could still bail. 7.23 was yesterday. Actually, it was two days ago as of this podcast, but when I wrote this, it was yesterday. That only one day has passed feels slightly baffling, as if the viscosity of time is now both thick and thin simultaneously. Magic is real. I have the x-rays. My remaining options are Miracle from the Cosmos. Dan Kelly, direct quote from episode 151. Live, in the car, heading back from Philly to Michigan. I was up early on Tuesday morning, 7-23, July 23rd, the 23rd. I was up early Tuesday morning, the 23rd of July, but I still ended up late for my pre-op appointment. Lots of redundant medical history gathered, blood pressure taken, eavesdropping on the murmur of my heart and the whisper of my lungs. The doctor running the pre-op had more encouraging things to say about Dr. Hollander. Doctor. Dr. Hollander is your surgeon? Me. You know him? Doctor. Oh yeah, he's a great guy. He's also a great surgeon. And a great guy. I like that she started off with, he's a great guy. More encouragement. Confirmation. I am definitely now at this point sitting in the room with the other doctor, feeling easy about the prospect of surgery, not just resignation. I'm feeling confident and I'm I'm ready to take the plunge. It's like, okay, this is going to be okay. So I almost made the consultation on time, but in my rush and bustle across town, I got lost. A brief layover in the waiting room with the other patients in various states of brokenness. Then Hollander and I were together. He had a funny expression like he was keeping a humorous secret. Me. So you got my questions? Hollander. Yep, they were pretty extensive, but we might not need them now. What an odd thing to say. Me. Okay. Hollander. You look different. Better. 
That triggered a sort of excited fugue between us, a back and forth, like we were making some kind of crazy discovery together. Me, check this out. I removed my sling and t-shirt, stood up tall and straight, and brushed hair off my bare shoulders so he could have a clear view of my left and right clavicles, or collarbones. Hollander, raise your arms. I did. They both came up together, level with my shoulders, and then slightly above my head. Let's see if I can do it now. Oh, yo, 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 yo. That's this arm here. This arm over here, you can't see it. Let's see, can I lean over a little bit? Look. There you go. I did. They both came up together, level with my shoulders, and then slightly above my head. Me. I think we should take another picture. Hollander. Yes. Let's get another x-ray right now. Off to the x-ray room, and a bit of happy flirting with the x-ray tech. I think her name might have been Holly, maybe. She escorts me back, and we're almost to the consulting room, and Hollander calls to me from down the hall, gesturing at his laptop. Hollander, come here, look. In the x-ray, the bones of my clavicle were close now, almost touching, almost touching and roughly in alignment. Hollander, this is amazing. I've never seen this before. Me, you want to know what I've been doing? Swimming with my sling on. Hollander, huh, well, you're defi you definitely look way better. Based on this, I'm going to recommend we cancel your surgery for now. Me, wow, cool. Hollander, check back in two weeks and we'll be sure everything is still looking good. Me, uh, then I can start working out again? Hollander, yep, you should be good. I snapped a picture of the new x-rays, shook Hollander's hand a few more times, paid my bill, ordered digital copies of the x-rays, and rolled out of the parking lot. How far did I get before I realized? A mile? Less than two, surely. I was kind of a, almost a little bit sobbing. I felt, I felt happy and, and kind of overwhelmed at the same time. Some emotion was moving through me. Some, some power, some energy was kind of circulating through. I just felt really, really appreciative, really glad. And about a mile or so, maybe a mile, maybe, I suddenly, it suddenly came to me, holy fuck, Master Roo. I set myself up for a miracle. After four weeks and the prospect of surgery looming, I made the 14-hour pilgrimage to Rue's house from idyllic northern Michigan to sweltering Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. His wife brought me upstairs and Rue's happy welcome turned to frustration when he realized I was messed up far more than he expected, beyond what he thought was fixable. I had come too late. The ensuing comedy of Master Roo shifting my aching arm up, down, left, and right while chiding me for not sending the x-rays after he told me he didn't need them, his wife berating him in Chinese to cease and desist, my reassuring him that everything is okay. I was glad to come see him and his wife. We haven't seen each other in a long time. I was comforting him, trying to calm him down. Hilarious. I told him I was going to head back right away so I could schedule surgery as soon as possible. We chatted for a bit more, took some selfies. Uh, the son-in-law and the grandkids came home. There was more pictures, and then poof, I was gone. In, in hindsight, I had inadvertently toggled Master Roo's on switch. 
Masteru is a very persistent man, stubborn in the best sense. He must have been not a little miffed that I had so dramatically appeared and taken off. Maybe he eventually decided, why not? Perhaps he mulled things over for a day or two, or maybe tried his remote magic right away. I may never know exactly when. Master Roo. Hello? Me. Master Roo. Dan Kelly. Master Roo. Oh, Dan. Me. Master Roo. What did you do? Master Roo. I can't hear you. Me. I just got back from the surgeon. He took new x-rays. My shoulder is much better. Master Roo. Oh, that's good. Me. Master Roo. You did that? Master Roo. You took so long to come, I couldn't help. But then I decided I'd just try to help. I'd just try. Me. The doctor has canceled my surgery, Master Roo. Master Roo. Oh, that's good. Me. Yes. Thank you, Master Roo. I know you helped, and I appreciate. Master Roo. You're welcome. Me. I will text you x-rays so you can see. Master Roo. Okay, you send. And there's the gold. Remote Chinese bone setting. Masteru surprised himself. He didn't think he could help in person, but he decided to try the impossible. He just try. What was I saying in episode 151 about upgrading my point of attraction? I feel that I am paying attention, leaning in the direction of joy, or at least appreciation often. Maybe that's enough. Maybe the cosmos responds to feeling just a little bit better. Maybe immediate ecstasy isn't required. Obviously, we love ecstatic life. But even a small, consistent, deliberate uplift is all we really need, enough to manifest a miracle. Remember I also said that trying to figure out the cosmos' grand scheme is contraindicated? Was breaking my arm a setback or a boon? Yes! Whatever story I want to tell, whatever slant I want to give this sequence of events, stretching back and back even before my birth. What got us here brought us to this unique, incomprehensible and impossible moment where everything makes perfect sense. Our golden ticket to theme park Earth. 